0: This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network, Better Today, Better Tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode.
1: Welcome to the Counter Narrative Podcast, a show designed to change the way we talk and think about education. By sharing stories of successes and triumphs, we aim to challenge the dominant narrative that often negatively portrays our disenfranchised populations. I'm your host, Charles Williams, an urban educator for more than 15 years, a current school principal in Chicago, an educational consultant, an equity advocate, and the co-host of Inside the Principal's Office. Let's get started. Hey listeners, before we jump into the episode, I wanted to share something with you. On January 6th, it's a Saturday, at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, I am going to be hosting a webinar for all speakers who want to up their games. In this session, we're gonna dive into the rhetorical triangle so we can figure out how to elevate your speaking prowess so you can build a trustworthy persona, connect emotionally, and present logical arguments that resonate with your listeners. But we're also going to learn how to weave... Compelling narratives through factual content by exploring various story models. Through this, you're going to be able to persuade, teach, and inspire while also retaining the core concepts and messages of your speech. Whether you're addressing a conference room, pitching to clients, or even inspiring a team, the skills you're going to learn during this webinar will help you become a more confident and persuasive speaker. I don't want you just to leave your audience listening, but I want them to be engaged and moved by your words. And as a listener to this podcast, using the keyword counter, C-O-U-N-T-E-R, you will save an extra 10%. But hurry, there are some early bird pricing going on now, and ticket prices will increase as the time goes on. I can't wait to see you there. Now, let's jump into the episode. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Counter Narrative Podcast. You know, one of the things that I love the most about attending conferences, of course, it's all of the learning, right? (laughs) The learning and growing that I get to do as an educator, because we know that is an important aspect of the work that we do. But probably one of the favorite pieces is getting to connect and meet new people. And so I remember being in Atlanta this year, and seeing my guy, Steve, and seeing him do his thing. And I noticed these two women that were like rocking his stuff. And I was like, who are these two people? And then I found out who they were. And I was able to connect with them when I was in Vegas. And I was like, man, this is amazing. I need to get you on the show. I want to talk to you. I want to learn more about the work that you're doing. I see them popping up everywhere on my social media. And so tonight, I am honored to have the ladies of TED. How are you all?
0: hello we're doing well thanks for the great intro hello charles i am megan and i am yeah
2: thank you for having us on tonight i know i agree with conferences, as a speaker, and as an attendee, as a teacher and educator, it's always so much fun to connect with all kinds of different people. Um, If you don't know anything about um, myself and Kara, is I am the extroverted one and Kara is the introverted one. So I was probably, you know, chatting with Charles first and we're, you know, (laughs) planning our next date and Kara's like, okay. So, you know, we're just really excited to be on here and chat with you tonight.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I remember making a point. Um, at one point during the, the Vegas conference, there were like three of you all presenting at the same time. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to give everybody like 15 minutes. I felt like I was back in school doing observations in <laughs> <laughs> And I remember popping in and standing in the back with who I learned to be were, were your husbands, because shortly after I stepped in, you all were talking about the drive. Cause you had driven down to Vegas from like, was it Montana? Right. Wyoming, Wyoming, Wyoming. And you're like, you know, our husbands in the back. And then we kind of like looked at each other. And I was like, well, I know I'm not one of the husbands. Like, I'm sure (laughs) you are, sir. Uh, But it was that like, I kind of chuckled in that moment, but like impressed that you're like, let's jump in the vehicle. Let's haul down. So uh, before we go any further, why don't we share a little bit about who you are, uh, you know, what you're doing in ed, you know, your your current roles in the, the teacher space, but also the integrated space. Um, and just share just a little bit about who you are for the listeners,
0: yeah, sure. I'll go first uh again, I'm Kara um in kind of the teacher space um I'm going on fourteen years of teaching. I'm currently in third grade, have spanned um all primary grades uh k one two and now three um so really um. Yeah, just loving the classroom life. But with all of the experience and learning that we have done in the classroom, um, that's kind of where Integrated formed. And Meg can kind of talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah,
2: so I have also been, uh, this is my 14th year as well. I spent the first 10, 11 years in second grade. um, And then we were asked to move up to third. So this is our second year in third grade. And I will have to say my favorite so far is the end of second and the beginning of third. Mm -hmm. It just is a sweet spot, I think. So I've lived kind of in that sweet spot moment of education for you know most of my career, but with also our work with integrated, um, you know I've been able to step into other classrooms and talk to other educators at different levels and um, it just has brought so much eye-opening experiences for us and I think that's where integrated kind of was born. Mm-hmm. We started doing the work that we're doing now in our classrooms for I would say about five, six years together. And we thought we need to share this with other educators because we're loving our life in education, in the classroom. It's working. Our kids are loving it. So then we just started sharing everything and just kind of blossomed Mm -hmm. into what it is now.
0: Yeah. So Mm -hmm. we've been doing integrated now for two, going on three years Mm -hmm. uh, public. Um, And like Meg said, we are sharing just, we really focus on, curriculum innovation, we focus on student engagement, student growth, of course, and then teacher effectiveness as well, and just kind of that whole realm. So yeah, we're Um, your experts. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: I love this idea when you you were both like, yeah, we are like the, the primary like duo, right? Like we were both in these spaces, we moved up together, we've been doing this work together, and now we're taking the work that we're doing in our classrooms on the road together, right? And anybody who's ever i think seen you you know present and share that space together it, it's obvious like you two seem to be like edu besties so <laughs> i could hear it right now i was like oh that's awesome that's awesome uh,
0: i like yeah. that term i've never edu heard besties. that term yeah i've never heard that term before um, well, we're
1: we're coining it now so feel free we'll you. throw it on some <laughs> shirts we'll we'll do all the things with it like <laughs> It started here, y'all. Like, listen, people, (laughs) those of you listening, I don't want to see shirts out there anywhere else. Like, we're starting it here.
2: Yeah, edgy best. Well, and honestly, we started as as friends, as running partners first. And honestly, what better thing to do than to talk when you're running? Obviously, we weren't running super fast, so we could have conversation. And (laughs) um, you know, we we met that way, running, and we ran half marathons together and and now we're each other's aunties to our kids and, you know, being work best friends and part of each other's families that it's, if you're a speaker or want to start speaking, it's a hard thing to do as a duo to just have it. It's something that, you know, I think I feel really blessed to have Kara in that we don't have to really work very hard with sitting down and talking about a podcast. We kind of just honestly share a brain at sometimes. It's just, <laughs> it just happens. <laughs> So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was going to
1: say, you even jumped onto this show on the same link. I was like, wait, we're missing someone. And you're like, no, no, we're both here. No,
2: we're yeah. integrated. Don't worry about <laughs> we're it. We're
1: integrated. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I, I'm excited for the conversation uh, that we're going to jump into tonight. You know, I, I very much, I talk about all the time, my domain is leadership, right? I have been out of the classroom now for well over a decade, Um, I have grown comfortable with the fact that, you know, I, I love instruction. I think I have a pretty good grasp on pedagogy, but at the same time, I also recognize Charles, you haven't been in the classroom for a while, right? Outside of hanging out and doing your observations and playing around with the kiddos, which I'm sure my teachers absolutely loved when I came in because it just probably just more riled students up. And then I was like, all right, good luck. Bye. Which I love doing at the elementary level. I again, it was like it was it was a lot of fun. But I I apologize to my elementary teachers. Uh, So I'm sure that we're going to have a conversation, you know, steeped in that area of instruction. And so I'm curious, what is it that you want to talk about today?
2: Yeah, I I honestly think, and hopefully Kara agrees, that (laughs) we we kind of we're big on content driven instruction. So just using that content to to drive your units and your instruction for a long period of time.
0: Yeah. And then I think, too, using that content-driven, like, instruction as your base and implementing more of those innovative instructional strategies, you know, to, like I said, you know, create that curriculum innovation, to create that student engagement. So, um, but yeah, it definitely stems from that content-driven instruction first. That has to be what we think would be, like, your meat and potatoes, kind of like the base or your foundation for your instruction.
1: Awesome. So I'm I'm hoping, because I don't know, like in my mind, I was like, I'm wondering which direction this is going to go, because I may have some questions, like legitimate questions based off of some of the work that we're actually doing right now in my own building. So the first question I want to ask is when you're saying content-based, like when you're referring to content, what are you referring to? Are you referring to like the skills and the knowledge that students should have? Are you talking about like the, the, the medium through which you're going to be delivering, the, like the, the learning tasks? What are you referring to?
0: Great question. That is a great question. Um, we would take it as more as like the median is what you're delivering instruction through. So, well, let me back up. Well, when we say content-based instruction, we are saying you are taking um, content such as science, your social studies, your history, things like that, Um, Skills that a lot of times nowadays kind of get put on the back burner for the Mm -hmm. most part. And then you are using that to then, um, you know, implement your reading and your writing and even math. You're using the content. So whatever skill or um, topic it is that you need to cover in those areas to then deliver your reading, writing, math um, skills and standards that you need to hit as well.
2: Yeah, I say a big thing a lot of times to uh, the teachers that we work with and then also when we're speaking is if you can't under if you don't understand it, you can't read about it and you can't write about it. So, you know, thinking about that content, if you're teaching a social studies concept um, content standards and you just Immerse them into all of that knowledge. They can read higher level text. You know, you've you've given them experience. You've worked through it together. Um, they can now write about it because they understand it.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, so yeah, no, that definitely makes sense because you know one of the things I've I, I've been struggling with and having these conversations with you know my my some of my instructional staff, the the instructional leaders in that space, is that sometimes it. Those core understanding, the foundational knowledge, is lacking because we're so caught up in the, the fun and the excitement and the engagement, right? And then we 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 do all these fun activities, and then we get to the end, and it's like, wait, you you didn't really learn,
0: like mm-hmm. the,
1: the core pieces. So, like earlier, you had mentioned some of these topics, right? Like science and social science and stuff like that. They they're not always at the forefront, and mm-hmm. I think we we know why it is, but I'm curious even though that is the case like what clearly you don't agree with it so can we can we have a little bit of a conversation around that because i i was in a title 1 school forever right and and i often talk about that right like it's math and ela math and ela right and no but these other things are fundamental and we're i think we're doing a lot more damage by pushing them to the wayside
2: yeah um so this is this is Megan speaking.
0: <laughs>
2: I I don't I don't believe that we should teach reading in isolation or writing in isolation. I don't think it should be siloed by itself. Mm-hmm. I think that teaching a reading standard alone through multiple topics throughout the week um does it doesn't do any good. It probably doesn't do any harm. I mean, you're still, you know, trying to give students, you know, main idea and detail or you know finding finding a the theme or whatever it may be but i still i'm just a i'm a very firm believer that um that you you have to give we have to give kids the knowledge and vocabulary of science social studies history and you know i don't i think i think that it's just been taken out because sometimes teachers A, they're just giving a curriculum, like we're going to teach from this reading curriculum, this math curriculum, this writing curriculum, and it doesn't ever put in content, you know? And so they're like, well, I have to get through this. My district is, you know, tells me to be on week three, Mm. um, or they they don't know how, or they're not given the flexibility to do what they think is best for kids.
0: I think too, with the whole push with you know, even just the standardized testing piece. I mean, that is a whole nother soapbox in itself. But <laughs> um, because of the stress, I think, put on those standardized tests and what do they get tested on the most, it's going to be reading and math. And so then that becomes the sole focus of, you know, kind of top down in the school district. And then it's up to, you know, those classroom teachers to um, put that you know, put that through to your students. And like, then it kind of snowballs into what Meg was talking about, where like, what are the resources they have, the knowledge that they have. And then it just comes down to, I think it even kind of stems to like, how they were taught, like as a student, but then also like teacher training, and most of it is always siloed. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think it's just kind of a fallback. And so we're really just trying to focus on you know, pushing that boundary a little bit and trying to help people to realize that these subjects don't have to be siloed and they can actually be more successful when integrated together. Mm -hmm.
1: So I I think that's a conversation that we often have, right? You just mentioned silos. And I don't know how many spaces I've been in where we keep saying like, "Let's, let's break out of the silos, right? You're not on an island. You're not like and we, we say that so often, right, mm-hmm. in our educational spaces. And yet we look around and that's exactly what's happening, right? We're, we're teaching these things in isolation, right? We we are sitting in our classrooms by ourselves, right? There isn't necessarily this blending, as, you, as you're mentioning, of this core content into to enrich my understanding, to drive the instruction in different areas. And I think, you know, at the elementary level, there might be a little bit more I guess flexibility. Uh, I I think about the high school space, and you know, a teacher might be like, "Well, all I do is I teach math because that is what I teach. I don't teach any other subjects." So, I before we jump into that question, I, I think, like, what? Why do you think this is? Why do you think it's so prevalent within our spaces, despite the fact? Right, despite the fact that we're having these conversations, like the two of you, you know, you're going around the country, you're having these conversations with people, and it's like, yet yeah, we turn around, and that's still the situation. Like, why do you think that is?
2: Mm. Yeah, uh, geez, I, I honestly, oh, I wish sometimes that I could just stand somewhere and just microphone it out. Like this, it, it's it's easier this way it's more enjoyable. You don't have to teach exactly to the curriculum that you were given. In fact, in the book, when it says teacher says this, student says this, so the student will say this in response. They never say that. And they never will say that because the people that probably wrote the curriculum have not stepped into a classroom or had the experience with children in in quite a long time. And you know, I have other thoughts about, you know, curriculum writing and Karen and I were just talking about um, you know, we, I've heard a lot of instructional strategies, you know, um, we're just given another thing. Um, we've tried the strategy. And I think educators are becoming more hesitant to try the next best thing, because the last best thing never worked. Hmm. Um, so, you know, and, and I, I want to paint this picture. I saw this little guy. He was, it was just a little comic strip almost. He was looking over a fence. And underneath of him, barely looking over fence, underneath of him was a pile of ladders. So, and it said uh, above the, the top of it, something to the effect of, you know, your resource is only good if you know how to use it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so true. Our, I, we've had principals say that, you know, your, your resource is only as good as a teacher. And, you know, I think Kara and I take what works best for us and we integrate it together, but also in the space that we're at is we are helping other teachers take what they know works and they um, their creativity in their classroom and kind of mold them into the teachers that that they're meant to be because we are our own <laughs> we are our own being. You know, when we became teachers, we probably all sat somewhere in grade school and said, "We're going to be teachers when we grow up." And we have a different heart for for what we do and I I want to see more of educators be able to take that out to be able to to create their own teaching because it's so good. And not follow a script. Well,
0: and I think kind of going back to your question too, is um, I think not only from the educator standpoint, but even from admin is just, you know, what's easily accessible,
1: Mm -hmm. I feel
0: like, and um, uh, maybe a convenience, I guess. They Mm -hmm. think it you know, might be easier for their educators or, you know, when they can just buy something bundled and distribute it, you know, um, and, you know, maybe not, you know, principals, but like districts themselves, that type of situation. But, um, and so I think the silos still continue to happen um, just because I feel like they will say, well, that's just the way we've always done it. Yeah, <laughs> And we're trying to break that wall down and trying to say, you know, well, we can, we can do something different. And then I think too, then, you know, I think siloed as well because teachers still feel some of those constraints. And like Meg said, we're trying to bring back some of that creativity. We're trying to bring back, you know, the whole idea of like you can actually enjoy teaching these things. And then, then what you said with the student engagement piece, like it will come like kids are naturally more motivated to want to learn about the sciences and the, you know, the history, you know, they're, they're more apt to want to learn about those things and so we try to take those subjects that they're eager to learn and then plug in those subjects that they may be weaker in and you get a really um effective teaching and you get student growth so
1: i hope that you know, answers
0: your question <laughs> you
1: know, it, it does it does and so you know I, I was thinking as you're as you were sharing you know the idea of it, even the term that you were using you know curriculum And I remember when I would sit in a space and I would interview a teacher, and that would be oftentimes one of the questions I would get. Like, what is the curriculum that you use? And I always struggled because I'm thinking, well, like we use Pearson or like it's Savas, right? But that is a resource. Like Mm -hmm. I don't view that as curriculum. Your curriculum is the library of, of you know, resources and methods and things that you're going to bring into your classroom to teach your students. Because when I first started teaching, I didn't have a textbook, right? Everything that I designed for my students was built from the ground up. And I felt like that is the way that authentic, true, authentic, you know, learning is going to take place because you're right. It wasn't somebody sitting in an office who's never been in a school who said, I think this is what happens. And it, like, no, it, it does not. Right. Like, <laughs> so I always struggled with that, you know, on, on that end, I, but on and, the other end, we, we've oh, had teachers who, um, so but I love, you
0: know, how we, you we,
1: we had teachers who I think struggled with that, right. The, the openness, that autonomy. So when When that space was there, they're like, I I don't know what to do. So, you know, to be honest, coming from an admin, as you said earlier, and I think I, I don't remember if it was Meg or Kara who was saying this, but yeah, you know what? That bundle thing was alluring, right? For an administrator to say, here, here's something to at least get you going, right? My goal was to scaffold you up to build in those, you know, the tools and the resources for you as an educator to get comfortable i probably should have brought you all into my space but like i don't want you just to stick with this but it it was a starting point
0: yeah and i feel like um
1: yeah so i know that we just had a small glitch there so i'm going to try my best to edit out the weirdness so if if you're listening my apologies. I'm not an editor. I'm more of a speaker, but
0: so as I was just sharing,
1: you know, that, that my whole conundrum as as an admin, sometimes when it comes to curriculum. Mm
0: -hmm. And I, I was just thinking when you were talking about that, I think what kind of, I think we just kind of get stuck in this vicious cycle because I do think a lot of people are trying to give teacher resource, teachers resources in order to make them feel a little bit more successful. But then, we feel as educators, oh, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. So I'm just going to take it as is. And therefore therein lies that whole vicious cycle of, you know, we're not using that time to, you know, authentically plan and integrate those um, subjects and create like a truly unique learning experience for those kids. And then the resource becomes the curriculum, if that makes sense. Um, And so Meg and I, that's kind of that's kind of where integrated stemmed from. We were, you know, trying to develop a science curriculum actually with a university here in Wyoming. And after that work, we're like, you know what, we can, we can do something else with this. Like we can, we need to figure out a way how to make the teachers want to teach the science, but also, because the, the kids want to learn the science, so what can we do? And then that's how integrated kind of was born with that whole idea of using that content and trying to show teachers how to truly use those resources that admin give us um, in their, the most effective way possible while still you know throwing in the hands-on learning and the learning experiences and kids get true um, engagement and not just activities. If that makes any
1: sense, no, absolutely, and and I think that's one of those spaces that we're trying to go right. It's really understanding the the content, right? And as as you said, it's not just wrapped up in an activity, right? And and it's merging these different spaces together, and and not you know using as an excuse to eliminate certain subjects altogether. So I I want to say this then going into the next part of this. I know this is the work that you do, right? You. I've seen, you know, all the pictures and the videos of you, you were in spaces, right? Not just at conferences, but you're in schools doing this work with teachers. And so maybe somebody's listening to this right now and saying, Meg, you don't care. Like we, we haven't had the chance to have you in our buildings yet. I'm going to throw out yet. Cause we're going to put it into, you know, out into the universe. So if you were to give, you know, a, a top one or two things, Right, because, of course, they have to listen to the rest of you, right, in your other spaces. But if you were to give, like, the top one or two things to say, hey, this is something that you can do, you know, tomorrow when you're in your classroom. Like, this is how you could begin breaking out of that vicious cycle that we were just talking about. What would you recommend to a teacher?
2: That your planning of activities, for lack of a better word, is purposeful. Mm-hmm. that what you're doing for your kids has a purpose for why you're doing it. So, you know, we keep throwing that it's not wrapped up in an activity. You know, we call them classroom learning experiences because ours are geared to them learning about the content in a multi-pathway. So, whether that's bringing in the arts, whether that's music, storytelling, poetry, whatever that pathway is, um to make sure that when you're planning these things with your students, that it's a purposeful plan. It matches what your content is that you're trying to deliver to your students.
0: We have a one quote that has stuck with me um, and actually came from our friend, Steve Spangler. He said, experiences are transformational, activities are transactional. And mm. so we continue, we literally live by that when we sit down and truly plan content based instruction, because we want the instruction and whatever we put into it to be transformational for these kids is learning. Um, And kind of to go with, you know, what they should, you know, the top couple things that they should do, make sure it's purposeful. Absolutely. Uh, One other thing I would say is, you know, kind of like one look at the look at what you're being asked to do for content. What if they're at science or shows today a lot of teachers. They definitely put that to the back burner and it is not on the forefront. So I would encourage them to, you know, put it in the forefront. And um, that would be a good first step in getting to understand of how to put content um, first in instruction and how we can then put reading and writing into it. Absolutely.
1: Thank you. I, I love this idea. And I'm just, again, I'm I'm talking to and I'm thinking about, you know, my high school space. So I, I transitioned out of the elementary school. I'm in a high school space now. I've been here for about two years. Right? And I'm thinking about that, right? For the English teachers, right? You can use science and social science content to drive your English instruction. Like my science teachers, like you can use you know, reading strategies to understand the passages so that they could understand the content or or incorporate right math into those spaces. Like there's, there's no reason why you cannot branch outside of your content area. And of course that means breaking silos and talking to those people right within yes. your, your grade levels. But Meg, Kara, I, I want to ask one more question then. So you You've delivered this to teachers. You've you said, hey, right here are these pieces. I love that quote that you mentioned. You know, experiences are transformational. Activities are transactional. Mm-hmm. What would you say then to an administrator, who who might just be pushing these things, right? Just these prepackaged contents, you know, to say, hey, you know what? This is what we're doing. Stick to the script, right? Because we know what's being delivered. Like, what would you say to to administrators who are in that space?
0: I guess first thing I would say is just to I would challenge them or maybe just have a simple conversation of like, okay, you know, what does your data look like? You know, is it growing? Is it stagnant? Is it um, declining? Because that is going to be a huge indicator with, you know, the work that we have been doing. We continue to see student growth rise Um, so that's the one thing, because I feel like with admin, a lot of, you know, data, data gets them every time, every time (laughs) Um, it's a, it's a really good, um, you know, conversation starter to begin with. And then I would also, um, challenge them to kind of reflect on their school culture. Like, how are your teachers feeling in their, your building? How are they, um, feeling when it comes to the resources that you have given them or the instruction that they're giving? Like where, what is, Um, What does it feel like when it walks? What does it feel like when you walk into your building um, and not as an admin, but like as a as a teacher?
2: Yeah. And I think, too, with what Kara and I give, we use what districts already have in place Mm -hmm. or what buildings already have in place. It's it's not a buy this because you've got integrated. You literally just get us and we use what you have Mm -hmm. and make it the
0: best that we can make it. Um, for
2: your teachers, for your admin, for your students.
0: Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and just challenging them, like, you know, what you have is good, but could it be better? And, you know, uh, emphasizing that whole idea of it could be better and we could show you how to make it better. (laughs) But, again, it definitely takes – and there are those admin that they're definitely open-minded and willing and wanting that whole process for their staff, which has been awesome. And so um, definitely challenged them to just kind of think of, well, you know, maybe we do have good resources, but how could we make them better? How could we utilize them in a different way that would continue to enhance student growth, but also help my teachers become more like effective, the most effective they can be.
1: And I, I like that. It, it, we're not just coming in to throw another ladder on that pile, right? Like, let's figure out how do we take these ladders? and use them to actually reach those heights that you've set forth, right? It's, I, I, I love that approach. We're, we're not coming in to, to sell stuff. We're just gonna try to use what you're already using. And, and I think, Kara, you were mentioning this. Yes, data is important, right? You're absolutely right. Admin will, will latch onto those, that word. But I, I like the idea of culture as well, right? Because if I'm a teacher and I'm in a space where I don't have the autonomy, where I'm being told you have to teach ABC in this order in this way right like I I don't want to do that right and I might get burnt out it might take away the the authentic person that I am and what I'm bringing into that space and so definitely Edmund that is important right the, the the numbers are important but so are the stories behind the number right getting to know the culture behind that space is really really critical because before you know it, you're you're going to lose those individuals who might have done dynamic work had you been able to let go of the reins a little bit and let them go. So I know f- some of my most phenomenal teachers, that's exactly what happened. I said, look, you're the expert, right? I'm here to make sure that you have what you need to be successful. You go, go do your thing and shine. They did. So that has been my experience. So I, I'm glad that that has been yours as well. And, you know, admin, if you're listening, definitely take, take this words from it. Um, Meg, Carrie, this has been a great conversation and, and I can see why, you know, your, your sessions are powerful when you're going into schools, they're powerful. And, and somebody listening to this may want to be able to connect with you. And so I'm curious, how, how can they find you? How can they connect with you?
0: Well, we would love that. Um, we are on social media, like you had mentioned before, seeing us popping up all over the place. We, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, all it is all under integrated K-12. You'll find us there. And then um, Meg has done some wonderful work on our website. It's www.integratedk12.com. We have, you know, information on what we do, what we can bring to your school. We also have free resources on there, a blog as well with all sorts of articles and resources. So um, definitely check that out as well. Yeah.
1: Awesome! Awesome! And for those listening, I will make sure that I include those links in the show notes, so you can definitely connect with these two phenomenal educators. Well, Meg Cara, I know that this was a, like a, a hurdle getting you on. We 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 <laughs> continuously rescheduled. It was like, yes, we're going to do this. No, wait, this came up. But I think it was well worth it, and so I, I'm so happy that we that we pushed through that we we made it happen because this was well worth the wait.
0: I'm so yeah. glad we were finally able to connect between you know school and sickness and just life. Um, it was de- we definitely had a challenge, but I would agree this was um, it was just so wonderful to be able to talk to you again and to connect with you again for sure.
2: Yeah, it definitely makes us kind of like rethink a little bit more about what we're doing and why it's purposeful and why it's helpful. We love to have these conversations and kind of be almost challenged in what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So we really appreciate um, you taking the time to have us on here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Well, I appreciate you all. I'm sure that this will not be the last time that you are on the show. And I mean, technically, there's two of you, right? So we like, we got to come on and do it again, right? It's almost like- I, I just want to say that, right. Thank you for being on the show, but more importantly, thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for, for, you know, just pushing forward, changing, you know, the world of ed, because, you know, what we know is that this work that we do impacts us all. So the work that you're doing helps to improve my spaces as well. So just, I just want to say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Well, we appreciate that. And again, thank you for your support and for um, just taking the time to to uh, help spread the word and having conversation with us is really greatly appreciated.
1: Absolutely. Well, we will definitely talk soon and until next time.
0: All right. Wonderful. Thanks. Thanks, Charles.
1: I want to thank you for listening to the Counter Narrative Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to like, subscribe, and of course, share it with friends and family. I'd also love to hear your thoughts about the show, so please leave a comment or two as well. Now, I'm not sure what platform you're using, but the show can be found on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and plenty of other platforms. If the show isn't on your preferred site, let me know, and I'll be sure to get it up and running. This podcast is also featured on schoolrubric.com, where you can find educational articles, videos, and interviews with educators from around the globe. Be sure to connect with me and other listeners by following the show on Twitter at The CN Podcast and joining the show's Facebook group. Take care.